Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what's up, everyone? This is Tossing Clubs. I'm joined by Aaron, joined by Zach. My name is Frank. Uh, and this week, well, we got a plethora of topics about the PGA, which is sort of different from what we usually talk about because uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. We love golf, but sometimes the PGA is tough to watch. However, Aaron did attend the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which is pretty neat. Uh, because his childhood idol was there. I think he, you guys seen him play for a little bit. And uh, you could tell us all about what it was like being at a PGA event, which uh, I'll be honest, I don't think I've been uh, ever. I don't know about you, Zach. I've been to a few, but I know this was Aaron's, yeah, first time ever, right? So let's hear about it. Yeah, first pro golf tournament ever. First of all, Rory's not my childhood idol. He's the same age as us. <laughs> <laughs> he's my uh when my golf career was just getting started he was my idol and i guess he still kind of is my golf idol but no it was great it was uh you know super stormy this weekend but the one day we went we went friday and um it was nice i mean it rained as we were going there and then right when we got there it cleared up all day and as we were leaving, the rain came down again. But so the whole day we just got like we got like some rainbows and uh, just like like dry, cool. It was it was kind of perfect. And so at this point, too, uh, you know, we all went to the Women's U.S. Open. So this is my second time at Pebble. Um, so also like pretty comfortable knowing where I wanted to go and everything. And and, uh, you know, it was like we talked about, this was a signature event. So there were a lot of big names, uh, you know, whoever's left on the PGA tour, but right as we roll up, Scotty Scheffler's hitting practice putts. Um, so we watched him off the first tee JT and Jordan were playing together. Uh, obviously Rory and, um, half the field was playing at spyglass, which we didn't end up going to, but we had a lot of, a lot of great, people that i wanted to see at pebble so that was cool and rory was there obviously but yeah i mean overall dude like golf wise my biggest takeaway was like how straight they actually hit the ball because like when you watch on tv and you have like the shot tracer shapes like you think I always think like, oh, Rory's hitting like a big high draw or like, you know, they're hitting like a big, a big cut. But really, when you watch it in real life, it looks like dead straight. It's crazy. Like almost every shot, except for um, Rory did hit like a big fade on a dogleg right, which was cool. And also Wyndham Clark, every shot I saw was like a massive slice. (laughs) um but it was like under the fairway so he was doing it on purpose but everyone else was hitting it like so straight it was crazy which holes did you watch rory on 
I watched him on um it was something like like four I think and then I like we what we went to look for a bunch of people and then I caught him on nine through 15 um which he kind of struggled during that time so wasn't the best golf from him his tee shots were like just amazing but the actual scoring i think he had like all pars and a couple bogeys um but he was playing with uh ludwig auberg who was kind of in the hunt um even at that point and man that guy was hitting some crazy shots like he he had um i think i want to say he had like 275 into the par 5 like 14 or whatever that hole is and he just stuck it like he it just and looking at that shot in real life was like amazing like holy crap dude 275 how did you know it was that distance were you one of those people that brings their range finders (laughs) no 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 i I was just i was just estimating based on my eyes i don't know and he had a he had a wood out so it was like it was deep insane how would you compare the experience of watching the men's play there versus the women's at the u.s women's u.s open the actual like tournament didn't feel as intense as the U.S. Women's Open, partly because half the field was at Spyglass, partly because, um, I mean, we haven't even talked about the fact that it's a pro-am. And so there were like, you know, half of every foursome was people that have a lot of money or, you know, football players, <laughs> <laughs> um, which was pretty cool, too, to see some of those guys. Um, I don't know. It was It was cooler for me to just like see these people that I've watched on TV for so long and see it's just like majestic, like the way the men hit a golf ball basically. Um, But I wasn't super into the actual tournament itself at that point. Mm. But how was the amateurs? Like when they play alongside the pros, obviously they're just amateurs, but any, memorable shots uh from what you saw yeah the so rory and his partner ended up winning the the like amateur team event which ends on friday um and his partner was some lefty like like ceo of some company or something and he was like the amateurs played one tee box ahead of the pros so the pros would hit from the backs and then amateurs would hit like a little forward but this guy was like driving it off the tee he was with auberg and rory and so and he's a lefty so it like you know lefties swings always look smooth and but i was just like man like who is this guy and he was playing like decent golf um so that was memorable it was almost like he was better than rory when i was watching <laughs> um and then there was definitely like some people that hit some bad shots like like I watched Josh Allen a little bit and he hit some good shots and he hit some bad shots um I I didn't see it but that morning Tom Brady had topped one off the tee yeah and you know (laughs) that's not what we're there to see but I mean hey whatever he's Tom Brady he could do whatever he wants 
Um, and there was another guy that was like kind of an older guy that uh, didn't hit the ball very far. I think he had like a couple shots that I saw out of a fairway bunker. Like he, like he had to hit twice out of the fairway bunker because he didn't get out the first time. Stuff like that where I'm just like, all right, like I, I don't need to be watching this. I must imagine as an amateur, we talk about how it gets nervy sometimes and there's pressure and you feel like people are watching you. Even if it's at Buchanan and there's like a backup, you, you know, there's some old Joe's there watching you. I feel like here you're playing at Pebble Beach, you're playing alongside some of the best in the world. And then you got pro- probably the largest crowd watching you play golf. It must be tough. So to see that ex CEO guy play alongside Rory and, you know, you say he's playing better than him. I mean, I imagine, I wonder what his handicap is. Yeah, it it was, uh, I think they implemented a handicap maximum this year, which is why uh, uh, the guy who always played, Bill Murray, some of the celebrities that normally play it didn't play. Mm. Um, but I looked it up. I think he's a single digit. He was like a seven or something. Wow. Like, so know, Bill Murray cool. wasn't there because his handicap was too high. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Oh, that is tough. Wow. He's like, he's been there every year for like the last 20, 30 Dude, years. I know. That's insane. Yeah. There's, there's like a, there were a bunch of people that are normally there that weren't allowed to go because they just didn't have a good enough handicap. Wow. It, it was like, yeah, I guess it's part of the effort of trying to make it, you know, trying to get people to take it more seriously oh yeah that's true or these golfers just like not hitting fans in the head with golf balls <laughs> you gotta have some yeah. a decent skill level yeah <laughs> who was the coolest celebrity that you saw um interesting an interesting pairing was uh aaron Rodgers and uh the guy that was playing with him at least what people were saying was he was like the surgeon that worked on his Achilles. Oh, the <laughs> medical doctor. Uh, so that was pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Just seeing, uh, seeing them kind of, I think they were one. Yeah. They were like one hole ahead of Rory. So I kept on like jumping ahead and like watching them play the hole. So I could save a good spot to watch Rory. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. And I mean, Josh Allen and Tom Brady was just cool to watch. They were, that was probably my favorite because Josh Allen is a freaking beast. Is he huge? Like in person? Does he look big? He does. He like, I mean, he doesn't look like huge, huge, but he looks big compared to like everyone else out there. Yeah. Like you could easily tell who he was. Like he wasn't like that much taller really, but he just looks freaking big built (laughs) (laughs) and he's got speed when he like his swing is definitely like kind of over the top but like holy crap he's got a lot of speed so i definitely wonder a lot of the tv coverage is at pebble and there's some shots at at um spyglass right but a lot of times the shots with spyglass it's there's not a lot of fans there at least in the tv coverage so can you tell us like if it's even an option to go over there and watch the people play on that course. Yeah, it is an option. I'm not surprised that people don't tend to go there because that you have to take a shuttle. It is a free shuttle. 
Um, but you have to shuttle over there, which is a taking time and B it's at, like, if you're watching, I just feel like pebble is like such a destination and it's just easier. I think from a viewer's perspective to kind of like get around and stuff like, obviously I haven't watched the tournament at spyglass, but just from playing it from what I remember, like there's not a whole lot of spots where you can easily like access a bunch of different holes, you know, um, from what I remember, especially I think on the back nine, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. I was, when I was there, I was busy shooting a one Oh three. So I was <laughs> more focused on that, but, um, it just, the fact that you have to shuttle over there, I think everyone just naturally like stays at pebble. Yeah. Especially if you only have like one day to go out, it's like, why would you? And if you haven't been to either course, like obviously mm -hmm. Pebble Beach is where you want to be. Do you yeah, feel like yeah. your your perception of Pebble now that you've been out there multiple times has like changed at all? Like, at, like what were your thoughts before? Like, did you think of it as like the number one golf destination for you? Um, or did you just think it was like a nice course? And I don't know. Has it has it like, yeah, what do you think about it now? I've never thought about it as the number one golf destination, probably because it's so close to home. I don't know. It just wasn't as exciting as like Sawgrass in Florida or New York or whatever. Um, but uh, being the number one, you know, public golf course for forever, I've always kind of like it's I've always like held it in high regard, I guess. And so when we watched the when we went to the U.S. Women's Open, I was definitely feeling that I was like, wow, this is amazing that I'm here. It's like sacred ground. I mean, it's a public course, but still like being <laughs> there, it like was just amazing. Um, going the second time, I definitely felt like, you know, I've been there before. I knew like everything wasn't new. It was like, I knew where the holes are. I knew like, like how the setup was going to be even with like food and drinks and bathrooms and stuff like everything was set up pretty much the same way. So it, it felt a lot more familiar and I could kind of take in different things. I don't know if that answers your question, but it, it definitely like, I don't know, I guess it's, it's close to home and it's like now very familiar. Um, so it, it's not as like, it's not as, uh, it's not your uh, number one like golf exciting, trip destination. Yeah, yeah, it's not my number one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that makes sense. Like, um, I think growing up on like in California on the West Coast, like being close to the ocean, uh, that's a privilege we have living in California. And I'd imagine if I grew up playing golf in the, you know, middle of the country or something where you don't really have golf courses that are placed along the Pacific Ocean, like going out there for the first time would just be the most incredible thing ever. And I feel like we're just spoiled a little bit because we have courses oh, totally. that are similar. Like you can go play Lincoln Park I was gonna here in San Francisco, question. which is a shit course, but think, it's along the ocean. Do you think people in the Midwest <laughs> would say Lincoln Park is a sick course? I, I think they would love 17, but they'll say the maintenance and the conditions are down the trash bin. And just like everything else in SF, that's probably their comment. This place stinks, just like everything else, except for Hole 17. Yeah, probably. Pro I mean, that's a fair <laughs> assessment. <laughs> I, 
in my like the way I imagine it, like every other state golf courses are like pristine and nice. In California, they're just beat up. That's how I imagine it too. And when I see photos of other courses in other parts of the country, it seems like they're more secluded too. You got these nice rolling landscapes. I feel like they got more land, so they probably have wider fairways, just more play and just more area to play with. So, uh, yeah, I think you're back to your point, Zach. You're right. We're totally spoiled. Uh, and I shouldn't be shitting on Lincoln, but. I mean, sometimes it's like <laughs> carpet out there. So I think we could, we could do a little bit better for such a pristine place of land, plot of land. It's just got to be, we were talking about this last week, Frank. It's probably just like so much more expensive to own a golf course in California than it is in so many other places across the country. And so you're spending all your money on the real estate. You don't have the money to like pay for the upkeep, whereas, you know, if you buy like a relatively cheap plot of land somewhere else, you probably spend all your money on uh, making it super nice. And then you also have just a lot fewer people playing it. It's so crowded in California, in the Bay Area. So there are just so many people walking all over the, the grass. Yeah. But Aaron, did you buy anything uh, from the merch store? I bought another hat. I bought a another pebble hat. <laughs> it's like a black and gray camo with some uh couple like palm trees i think kind of hidden in the camo it's uh oh that's a good question it's gotta be like (laughs) it's gotta be like 30 or 40 30 or 40 you had i have like three levels on my shelf right now what do you do with them i just like rotate them okay yeah it's on the shelf though like i feel like i don't know where to keep mine oh yeah i kind of like fold them on each other and i just get like a row of a bunch of hats on each other and then i start like putting stacking them on top i have like one shelf and so i have some (laughs) on the bottom some on the top and then and then i have like two more layers on top of that (laughs) that's pretty sick i wow i I mean down the road once you're older you're gonna look at that look back at all your hats and it's gonna be a nice memory right i feel like nowadays whenever i go to a store and I think, man, I really don't need this, but I've never regretted buying something at the moment. And, you know, five years down the road, looking back and saying, I wish I didn't buy it. That has never happened to me ever. So that's pretty sick that you got 30 or 40. Are these all courses that you've played slash visited? Yeah, I've tried to make it a point to buy a hat at every course I've played. I started to, I, I failed at, uh, where'd we go the organ trip and then it kind of became like a i kept forgetting about it uh Prong, pronghorn yeah yeah pronghorn and and tethero that's tethero. what it was i didn't Both get a half of, of either of those places yeah. Wow. yeah yeah i just totally forgot you you only buy at like nice courses though right are you buying a hat from like no, buchanan no, no. fields i'm not buying a hat from like <laughs> it, it's all like i guess it's all just like trips got it got it yeah that or like yeah, like I don't even have anything from Presidio. It's I don't know anything that feels special. You know, I've been to the golf shop and I've seen the Presidio merchandise, and I think if I were from out of town, I look at the backdrop of you know eighteen and nine and ten, I would be saying, "Wow, this is a pretty sweet course. Let me get something from here." But because we're local, I feel like I, you know I'm spoiled a little bit, and it's like there's no way I'm spending 
five bucks for a ball marker or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anything from Harding Park. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't feel the same about, I mean, I rock Domani hats all the time. I guess that's like a different type of, uh, just like the home Yeah, course. yeah, it's different. I, I do have like a Tilden golf <laughs> shirt. It was because I mm. ripped mine when I was at Tilden, so I needed another shirt and I bought one there. But now it's kind of become my home course. So, yeah. No, Anything like that means something. Frank, what's your home course? My home course is uh, Mariner's Point right now. Ah. Mm. I think... They, do they have gear? They, oh, my gosh. I can't imagine. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Well, Zach, you should ask, right? Because you got that hole-in-one. You should ask for a flag. I know. I was thinking about it. Something to remember. Yeah. We played there on Friday, Aaron. And I shanked the ball into the practice area from hole three. First time I've shanked the ball. Oh my god! In a long time, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> wow! Yeah, you never do that. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you always flush it or or hit it thin. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the, uh, the lights were playing tricks with me that day. But yeah, Mariners Point, good spot, Frank. Yeah. Zach is a second ball player. You know. On off the tee shot, what happened? Oh, uh, the first hole I hit it in the parking lot. <laughs> but then the second and shot, then I, and then I the second ball I put to four feet, and then hole three when I hit it in, I shanked the first one into the practice area, and then the second ball was like six feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on a run of like good holes, and then uh, and then it was whatever. Score was high, but hit some good shots. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, but I need to figure out a full course for my home course. We, uh, I, I think we told you, Aaron, like we played Presidio the other day, like two weeks ago after the storm, mm -hmm. uh, a few days after the storm, and it was so wet and muddy. It was, it was like sweet. There's finally tea times, and then you get there, it's like, oh, I see why there are tea times. It's an absolute slosh out here, and uh, <laughs> I came off that round feeling. Loki sort of uh, depressed because I guess I haven't been, I wasn't hitting it that well, but you know, a whole nine is like a part five. So the second shot is you could probably reach it with a, a wood, right? And then I, my gosh, I don't know what happened. I came in super steep. I just like dug into the ground. The ball trickled like five feet, stuck in the mud. And I just thought, man, I, I cannot play like this. Um, I hate golf. Golf is not for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a break and stick to running. <laughs> Dude, you just bought a new driver and you haven't even hit it on a golf course yet. You can't quit. <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes. Man. But yeah, I definitely do. You guys feel like if you're it, like if you're not hitting it well, this happens to me at the range or on the course. Like if I'm not hitting it well, just like my whole day is just worse. But, like, if I'm flushing it, then, like, my whole day is just so much better. It's, like, every, like, I'm in such a good mood. I would say that applies to, like, when I play a course, for sure. Yeah. I would say, yeah. I think there's literally been times when I came back from the range and I told my wife, hey, I had a great practice <laughs> session. <laughs> and she's like, oh, cool. Did you hit it well, hun? It's like, yeah, let me tell you about it. She does not give a F. 
<laughs> yep, I'm the same way. <laughs> well, Frank, you uh, you and your wife are headed out to uh, Phoenix this weekend. Waste management open. Weather looks a little bit uh, iffy at the moment. Saw some hail during the practice round, and uh, but that sounds exciting. Like, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> Didn't know it hailed in Arizona for so Well, actually, okay. well, on I last did. week's podcast, you were talking about how golf would be so much more entertaining if they had to f- play in these horrible conditions. <laughs> and now you get to see it live. <laughs> oh, gosh. Man, I guess be careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> well, I'm looking up the weather forecast right now. It's going to rain on Thursday. It's going to be clear Friday, but then it's going to rain the most on Saturday, which is the day that we're going to attend. Uh I hope they moved the tea times a little bit to miss the rain because I'm there. <laughs> it's great for the viewing experience if you're at home through the TV, but I'm not going to lie. I just played at Presidio through all the mud. I don't want to go to another rainy course. And uh, I'm pretty sure my wife doesn't want to do that either. Uh, nevertheless, though, if it does rain, I'm sure it will be a lot of fun, regardless, just because of the atmosphere. Uh, obviously first time for me going to the Waste Management Open and therefore the first time going to TPC Scottsdale, uh, first time checking out, uh, you know, hole 16, uh, 17 and 18 as well. Uh, it's really cool because I've never been to a PGA event, so I've never seen the Sky Schefflers, the Justin Thomases, the Hideki's. Uh, who's not playing well right now, but looking forward to seeing him as well. And uh, trying to see if we could snag a photo and an autograph. Who's like your number one person you have to see? Number one person I have to see. I sort of want to follow Jordan Spieth. I think he's sort of like legendary. Like I just want (laughs) to follow him and hear his conversations with Greller. And I feel like he probably sees golf in a way that i will never be able to see it just because he's so creative he goes back and forth with michael about all of his shots and he probably has a lot of shots in his repertoire which is probably why he goes through all of these different scenarios with him so i think it'd be cool to see you know the pros play at that high of a level and i think Jordan would be the best person to exemplify just how much thinking goes into each shot. Have you, I forget, have you been to a men's pro tournament before? No. Oh, okay. So you're going to experience like what I just experienced. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be sweet. Um, I want to see Scotty for a little bit, uh, obviously, because he's world number one. Um, and I just want to say, like you said, Aaron, they hit the ball super straight. Well, Scotty, like, already hits it straight on tv so he must be like literally not the ball must not move off of the y-axis or x-axis uh you know whenever he hits his driver so i think that'd be cool to see and to see like the the juxtaposition of like his swing and his feet and his whole body moving like crazy and then the ball just goes dead straight (laughs) yeah yeah oh my gosh i think uh i'm not sure what to expect because Obviously, this tournament is known for its party atmosphere. Uh, man, I'm approaching 33. I have one beer and I can't sleep. So what? <laughs> oh my god! 
I'm not sure how many uh, drinks we're going to be downing, but uh, you know, I'm also trying to run, be a little bit more healthy this year too, you know? So yeah, it's good to uh, confuse the body. And like, if you're too healthy all the time, you know, then you get comfortable. You got to throw some, some gnarly shit in there and, uh, yeah, you know, your body will fight harder. You'll get stronger. I was uh, looking at, you know, what to do at this tournament because obviously it's like a party tournament and did you guys know there's concerts here every year and yeah i saw post malone do they do that every year yeah like on monday or sunday or something i think so they've been doing it okay Um, i can't tell you who was playing last year i know there's a concert at the players too but it was post malone and kaigo is also playing on saturday too (laughs) yeah kaigo's a golfer Wow. I was just curious because a lot of uh, I did see that like a clip of Post Malone playing and a lot of the comments were like the PGA Tour is just trying to be like live. So I didn't know if like people are just saying that or, you know, it's a new thing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is kind of like their one tournament every year where they can do some crazy stuff and like actually have fun. I feel like everything else is just like too serious. Yeah. I- I'm curious too. like, are, are you going to spend some time at 16? Oh, for sure. It depends on. I, like I don't get how the sitting situation works. Like, obviously, it's surrounded by grandstands. It's just like you got to get there early and claim a spot. Yeah, I'm. I'm just curious, like, uh, how how big it actually seems. Because when you see it on TV, like all these years seeing it, it being like a whole stadium, it and like you know, like Tiger Woods is hole in one. Just all these moments, it just feels like so big but um last weekend i saw my brother and i played the course on like vr on the meta oculus or whatever and uh that hole like felt a lot smaller like they had the grandstand set up um but it felt like much smaller than i imagined so i'm just curious like what what it's gonna feel like i'll check it out and report back to you maybe it's comparable to one of the mariners points part threes (laughs) Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not very long, right? It's like 160 yards, 50 yards something, or something. like that, yeah. 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 And uh, it looks pretty skinny, too. But, yeah, I'm not sure where we'll go, but I imagine for at least some part of the day, we'll be just camping out at hole 16 and hopefully seeing a hole-in-one there, which would be just electric and just unforgettable. But... I, yeah, I'm sort of bummed that obviously it's going to rain, um, but also sort of bummed that, you know, we're not going to be seeing some of the people from Liv. Uh, I guess the biggest one being John Rahm, I, which I think would be really cool to see. Uh, I mean, the, just the way he swings it is so interesting. And uh, obviously, he's such a great player. Uh, I also, would, I mean, this is old news, but Brooks Kepka too. Uh, oh, yeah. Like he's like the guy that I sort of want to root for now, and so uh, it's a bummer. That I mean, he's, he's live. yeah, he's basically the best golfer of our generation. Demi, <laughs> wait, what? Brooks? How many majors does he have? You think Brooks is the best player of our generation? Arguably, with his is major he count, Rory? is he better than Rory? He's got more majors than Rory, right? Wow. He does. I'm just saying, like, what matters? He's the most clutch player. I think it would be very entertaining to watch uh, Brooks. I'm 
I don't actually think he's the best player of our generation, but um, no, because that's Jordan Spieth, right? Of course, yes. <laughs> uh, but I think it'd also be fun to go to a live event. I was gonna say, should we after do you that? both go to? Yeah, now that like after this week, you guys will have all we all have would have gone to a PJ Tour event, and then we can compare it um, side by side. Wow, live is actually working. Can you imagine this happening? Like three years two years ago when we first heard the news that we'd be the one saying man let's go to a live event i never thought this would happen i mean it's for I mean, for uh reporting no, for on the pod that's all yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i guess like define working it's like viewership still crap no one's watching it no one actually cares about it they do have really great golfers and like the golf could be entertaining like it could still be entertaining but yeah it still doesn't mean much definitely but I think there are absolutely a few golfers there that I would want to watch, like Joaquin Neiman, obviously Brooks, John Rahm, Dustin Johnson would be cool to watch. Uh, I guess I sort of want to see Phil Mickelson in some like sadistic sense. So it's it's like with the live events too, though. I, I they're all over the world, right? So I'm not even sure what the schedule is like or where they're playing in the United States. Yeah, I would have recommended we just go down to Mexico and catch a tournament, but I think that one was like last week, so we missed it. But yeah, they're all over the world, which is actually really cool and <laughs> something that the PGA Tour should do, but they don't. <laughs> and you see the thing they, they like partnered with, um, I forget which tech company, but they're basically like showing every shot all the time, or I forget what the slogan was, but you can, you can like, go online and watch every single shot dude that's sick i think you can bet on live now by the way oh if you can watch every single shot live and bet on live i wonder if you could do like you know like how you can bet on balls and strikes in baseball if you can just bet on like does he hit the green or not oh i'm sure that's in the pipeline oh my gosh that is absolutely one way for live to generate money if that's not already the case uh, yeah. I mean, they definitely got the money for it. So tap into the sports books. Wow. Dang. Are we live supporters? God. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's changing their tone. I know. Now that John Rom did it, whatever. Actually, no, really, now that they merged, it's like it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you take away the morality argument. Because now both tours are doing shady shit. So it's like, okay, well, yeah, whatever. Now they're one and the same. They're getting money from the same place. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think this just shows, man, it is such a money talks type of world. And everything else is just PR. It's like you can't take it at face value, which is... Uh, sort of a sort of stinks, but I mean, I guess it's just the way it is. And so you hear p- people like Rory like taking back his comments of, you know, I actually think I was never in the position of those people that were going to live in. You know, I rescind. You know, I sort of regret making those statements, which I think is actually a good thing that he acknowledges that. But for example, like Jay Monahan just being like, oh yeah we're going to do this merger and I'm never going to mention anything about nine 11 and how this is immoral. I feel like, dude, this is, uh, what kind of examples are we saying for the kids? I'm kind of surprised that, 
I mean, the merger happened, what, like six months ago now? I'm kind of surprised that only a handful of people have jumped over to live in that time. Because you would think if, like, if it really was, you know, like, the morality, and then it's just like, okay, now it's just about, you know, money, I guess. Now it's okay to take the money. Then why aren't more people going over to live? Yeah, and I think... Maybe part of that is like these new, like the PGA Tour did get a huge influx of money recently. They had like a $3 billion investment at like a $12 billion valuation. And then like part of that, I think, was giving out equity to players, which is kind of interesting. And so I think this is a PGA Tour's attempt to match some of the compensation that Liv was just handing out there. So, I mean, yeah, maybe not as much, but I'm sure behind the scenes, there are plenty of conversations saying like, please stay like this money's coming <laughs> don't worry yeah Man. yeah i think the people who defected though are the winners though out of all of this especially brooks he got another major he got paid he goes week to week without having to worry about you know am i is he gonna get a paycheck it's it's crazy i true truthfully i did not think this would work but it looks like it worked yeah, I feel like it works for some people, like Brooks, like a John Rahm. The people who are like qualified into all the important tournaments, all the majors, I think it's kind of interesting for someone like Caleb Surratt, who's like that 19, 20-year-old mm. college player that joined uh, John Rahm's team. Um, I mean, he's basically guaranteeing, guaranteeing he makes money for the rest of his life, which is obviously a ma- huge thing, but there's a potential that he doesn't get world ranking points. He doesn't make it into a lot of these majors. So you kind of give up the legacy side of it. And like, obviously this is a job, right? So like people do jobs to make money. So like, it makes sense why you'd go there. Yeah. I think as fans, you want to watch because you like all the legacy talks and arguments and like being the greatest of all time. We want to believe in that, even though at the end of the day, these guys, it's really just like you said, money talks. Yeah, I think it's people like Wyndham Clark. If it wasn't for Wyndham Clark winning, it would have been someone like Joaquin Neiman or Taylor Gooch. Like, I could have easily seen those two winning a major, winning you know another event by now. And instead, they're just trying to get into the major some way, somehow. But yeah, that might never happen. Dude, thinking yeah, of, we might forget about him. Thinking about it as like just a job, like. I'm thinking about my career path and like I started in construction and I wanted to like build high rises, you know, I wanted to like build the cool skyscrapers that you see on in like big city skylines. And then I did a couple buildings like that and it's like the most stressful thing ever. And I was like, I think I'm fine just building like five story apartment buildings. And like, even though they're not the sexiest things, like my actual day-to-day just like work-life balance and everything is just so much better and i'm you know making money and hey at least you didn't build the millennium tower i did not (laughs) (laughs) but that's the thing there's just so much more stress involved with that and i wonder if like i would just be like cool okay i'll give up all the like sexiness of that and just take the live money and just be fine you know have a higher quality of life i I don't know if that's totally true but you know just 
I don't know. It sounds more chill. Yeah, if I wasn't that, if I was a good golf, like a professional golfer that wasn't good, 100% go to live. Like, why not? Yeah, why not? But yeah, if you're Rory and you have a chance of being the greatest of all time and like chasing Tiger and that type of legacy, like that, like obviously don't go. But yeah, yeah. And sadly, we have to go. We are wrapping up this episode. <laughs> wow, that was the first time we did one of these uh, segues sort of smoothly. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening this week. And we'll be back next week. Uh, and take care.